Whitney, did you know that I don't even wear makeup? No, I didn't. I'm the complete opposite. I wear makeup all the time. (laughs) I can't be bothered except for mascara and a little tinted sunblock. But recently, BoxyCharm changed my mind. Well, it makes sense. The great thing about BoxyCharm is the fact that it's only $25 a month and you get five full-sized makeup and skincare products from top beauty brands. So the retail value of this is over $125 straight dollars to your door. And you know, we like to save a buck. We do. And how many times, at least for me, I mean, I'll go to some of the beauty stores and buy a bunch of random stuff and end up spending $500 and never use it. Okay, this is good because you do a little beauty quiz online first. And then based on your preferences that you express, they kind of curate a little box for you. And you get a box every month and it's risk-free. And I don't know, I like it. It's like a little prezi to myself, right? Like every month I'm getting this stuff and I'm like, oh yes, like I need this pollution defense booster for my skin or like I need this Ola neon velvet liquid lipstick. I didn't know I needed it, but now I'm getting it every month and I'm loving it. I mean, your husband's going to be pretty like shocked when you come down with all this beautiful makeup ready to go. Ready to go. Also, not only does my husband like it, but this is kind of a cool thing. You can kind of connect with other beauty lovers. I mean, I'm not one of those people, but some people are very into makeup, you know, and they want to be in touch with other people who are too and talk about the products that they like and techniques that they're using. So that's kind of a cool thing is that they BoxyCharm creates this community that people can go to, which I like. Yeah, I love that too, because the exact things that you'll get in your BoxyCharm, the other beauty lovers are going to be using. So like you said, you can share tips and tricks instead of just randomly going on Instagram to see what one person is using and how to do it. This is actually right there. And for all of you charmers out there, you get exclusive offers when you purchase the products. And you can also refer friends and review the products. All kinds of great stuff. And I want you guys to know head over to BoxyCharm.com. That's B-O-X-Y-C-H-R-M.com and use the referral code Whitney or Wednesday at checkout. Yeah. And just sorry, I had to let Whitney talk because I was putting on my velvet liquid lipstick and you have no idea how sexy I look right now. I bet I do. You always look real fly. Mm, We're going to get it with our BoxyCharm. (laughs) Enjoy, guys. One of my favorite products right now is Purpose by Sovereignty. I've been using it almost every single day. It's been in my purse. It's in my car. Like I'm that obsessed with it. So Purpose is a CBG plus fermented and adaptogenic herbs blend. I mean, come on, right? Purpose's formula for daytime energy was specifically formulated to boost nitric oxide, you guys, which enhances sex drive. This formula includes seven plant-based ingredients like green tea extract, turmeric, blueberry, which has all been clinically proven to increase nitric oxide by, get this, 230%. Holy smokes. This leads to more arousal, better sex, and using all natural ingredients, which basically means, you guys, no Viagra prescription needed. Yes, let me repeat that. All natural ingredients, no Viagra prescription needed. All right. Another one of the reasons why I love Sovereignty so much is that these guys are not afraid to get creative. You know we're all about that here at True Sex and Wild Love. So in an extremely novel offer for my podcast listeners, they are doing something called your favorite money back guaranteed. 
So for True Sex and Wild Love listeners, you guys, my favorite people in the world, if you purchase the product and do not like it, not only will you get your money back, that's right, not only will you get your money back if you don't like it, but Sovereignty will buy you your favorite supplement instead. I mean, I've never even heard of this before, so this is why I'm telling you. They're extremely novel. They're crazy over there, and we love them for it. So what I want you to do is pause this podcast. Yes, pause this podcast and go to sovereignty.co slash T-S-W-L immediately. Immediately right now. So one more time. That's go to sovereignty, S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot co slash T-S-W-L. You will not regret it. I promise you guys will love it as much as I do. Enjoy. Oh my good Lord, have mercy on our souls. We have a very, very special podcast coming at you right now because my best friend is sitting right next to me, almost kissing me because we have to speak into the (laughs) same mic. It's a little awkward. It's like a podcast date. It's a podcast date. We have our wine. We have each other. We're eye gazing. We're eye gazing. <laughs> We're speaking into a big pole. Mm. Hi, Stephanie McBride. Hi, Whitney Miller. So this is super exciting. When I posted this the other day, asking for questions about, okay, you guys, one of the most, one of the questions that I get asked the most is about open relationships, but particularly about other people who came into the primary partnership with me and Ob, you being the person who's been there from day one, y'all, like literally day one. Literally day one. Yeah. The summer you left, y'all had your break in the spring, summer, and bam, there I was, your favorite new little gift in your life that you didn't know was coming. I was like, what the (laughs) hell is this? Well, I just remember because, you know, and most people know, but Aubrey and I were monogamous for two years. Um, he wanted to be in an open relationship. And I was like, ooh, that sounds fucked up. And, <laughs> and so I went to go travel by myself. We split up. During that time, you and Ob started dating. And so when I came back, it was like, okay, we're going to try this open relationship container with Stephanie McBride. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'll give it a go. But also, I don't... Oh, uh, um, okay. Okay, fine. Sure. Totally. Cool, 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 cool. Great. Wonderful. So I just want to talk a little bit about that. So obviously, Ab and I had split up. I was traveling, doing my own thing, and you guys started dating. Was there, you know, talk of an open relationship? Was it even like in your field of awareness at that point? Or what kind of your thoughts? Like fill people in on how this really started. No, it was so... We would go over to his house. He would have, you know, pool parties that would blend and long into the night, you know, just having fun, obviously. And um, I went one time with two of my friends and we'd all been single for like a really long time. And it was like, okay, my girlfriend, Carly, she won't mind that I said her name. She was like, what if Aubrey is like your slump buster? (laughs) Oh my God, that's right. (laughs) For anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's like when you've been either single or you haven't hooked up in a long time, like you're in a fucking slump. You need someone to be your slump buster. And so get you out back on the saddle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was like this very like casual just instance of like, well, I mean, maybe I could be interested in Aubrey. It wasn't like I had my sights on him or it was like there wasn't like 
a strong initial attraction there. I think we were just kind of seeing what happens. But so the idea was to be a slump buster. And then seven years later, here we are <laughs> doing this. eight years at this point. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Okay. I mean, slump buster is a pretty good idea. I kind of, <laughs> I think like if you are going through a dry spell and you're looking yeah. for something, I mean, he's not a bad one he, to start it off with if seemed, I don't say so myself. He seemed like the perfect one. And then it just kind of like, so even after that party, he texted me and he was like, he was texting me to go to dinner. And obviously I knew who you were. We had traveled before, not as friends. We had gone to Miami the year prior all together with like a huge group, stayed in Miami. It was so much fun. But I was really with most of my other friends on that trip. Like me and you hadn't really connected, but obviously you were still living in Austin and we had, you know, these kind of overlapping experiences. And um, it took me eight hours to respond. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So he texts back and is like, are you asking permission? Like what's going on? And I'm, I'm actually really shy. So this is like, (laughs) even just getting to open or doing like a podcast is like very out of my bubble, out of like what you would expect from me. But you're always doing so well. Oh, look at me go. (laughs) You're Um, natural. You're (laughs) natural at open. You're natural at talking into a microphone. You know, (laughs) it's going great. Um, But yeah, so it, it wasn't like out of the gate open was going to be the way. It was really just a casual summer for me. And then he, um, he wanted, he, I think he was going to Peru again, very shortly. He was going on another trip and he had me read, um, sex at dawn. And so that was kind of like the initial, I think, kind of feeler to see how I responded to that book. How did you respond to that book? I would love to know because I didn't respond too well when he had me read that. I actually responded naturally very well to it. And what I think Aubrey has done for me in my life is he's given me a ton of vocabulary for stuff I was feeling as like a younger woman, but didn't know that there was like a lane for it, whether it was open relationship or just non-conventional relationship or just something outside of like monotonous marriage, Mm -hmm. which is what I experienced with my parents. Um, so it was like, I knew I, I knew I craved something different. And that book kind of helped me get to the point where I had a vocabulary for it. And I, I had this new level of foundation of knowledge for it. And it just kind of took us here. <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Cause I, I honestly feel the same. And I know, you know, uh, for my audience who has already heard me talk about it a bunch, but I always cheated in all of my last relationships. So to me, that monogamy, um, I don't know, idea of that just didn't really work for me. I feel like now I've learned a lot to where I could be in a monogamous relationship in in a very beautiful way. But at that point, there was absolutely no way that I I was a good (laughs) girlfriend by any means. I was super jealous. And then I would cheat on you. So it was just kind of like, uh, yeah, (laughs) people really wanted to date me. Um, but I do believe that by reading Sex at Dawn and other books like that and helped give, as you said, the vocabulary to saying like, okay, now I understand that I'm not completely crazy. Other people feel the same way. Other people live in a completely different way that makes more sense with what I want to do. I don't know if I can do it, but at least I know that, that, that it's possible. Yeah. It was definitely like the avenue I was comfortable exploring because I was so turned off by kind of what I had seen 
and my parents, unfortunately, which I think a lot of people feel and resonate with. You either go for like the exact same relationship that they've had and managed and created or you go for the exact opposite, which is what I was kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. I feel that. So, so I come back. <laughs> I come Hi. back from my trip. And, and Aubrey and I had talked about open kind of prior to this and I didn't like it. I met somebody while I was over there realize, ooh, you're fun and I can have fun with you. But at the same time, I'm still very much so in love with Aubrey. So I come home and this is when he's like, look, I'm dating this other girl and I'm interested in being in an open relationship. And so set the scene kind of there. So so I come back and then what is the conversation between you guys or what was your <laughs> thought process as he said, hey, I'm interested in doing this unconventional or open relationship? It's a little blurry at this point, but it was, it was like, okay, you're coming back. Actually, what's funny is I just remembered a story is I was hanging out. I went to go hang out with him at the house. And I remember walking to the bathroom and the bedroom was a mess. There's like sex toys everywhere. The bed's not made. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, you know, he's not my boyfriend. We are not like together in any sort of fashion. But I remember- But still kind of weird. Well, yeah. I would imagine. And, you know, it's not like, he's not constantly picking up after himself or anything like that. Like, it's very clear. Like, you're able to pick up a trail of a story very quickly <laughs> with that house. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that was, that was when you were like coming back into the picture and he's like, well, yeah, Whitney was over last night. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so now what? <laughs> like now what do we do? And we knew, um, well, of course we had conversations. I knew that he wanted us to really kind of connect and handle our side of the street, essentially. You know? As in you and me? Yeah. 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 He wanted us to kind of get together and plan, prepare, figure it out, you know? Like, he wasn't totally, like, orchestrating the whole thing. But did he ever be like, listen, I want to date both of you guys? Yeah. Because I actually don't know fully how all of this transpired from her side. You guys are kind of hearing bits of the story that I've never heard either, which I think is super interesting. (laughs) I think think once I finished Sex at Dawn is when we really started the— open relationship conversation. And I think he was kind of looking to see how I reacted to it. And if I was a viable, you know, choice or person to really explore that with him and with you, you know what I mean? So I don't, I obviously don't remember the conversations and, you know, step one, two, three, but it was like, read the book, talked about open and then Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then fucking Halloween, y'all. Halloween 2014. 2014. Thing. So this is the thing. is like <laughs> Steph has been, like I said, from day one. So for the past seven, eight years, they have been involved with each other. Aubrey and I, or I guess it's five. Yeah. Five, five. years. Yeah. Aubrey and I were monogamous for two. And then she came in um, around year two, two and a half and was in our lives the entire time you know, up until recently, which we'll get into later into the podcast. But yeah, so Halloween was coming up. We were known for our Halloween parties. Like <laughs> yeah. this was the thing. It was the biggest Halloween party you could possibly go to. Great time, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> yeah. So much um, but here was the thing is, okay, now Steph and I both have to be at the same party with Aubrey. How does that work? Like, 
Do you get to kiss them? Do you not get to kiss them? Do you get to hug them? Do you not? Like all of these questions are swirling about. And so Steph and I set up a lunch to have a conversation. And we both went into that into that lunch having slightly different ideas of what, what this was going to be like. I was ready to go into that lunch planning like, okay, in the next six months, this is what it looks like. And we're dating and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, y'all get to be friends on Halloween and that's all you get. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I'm just wondering how we're all going to be in the same yeah. room um, in a couple of days and how I'm going to handle that. And and what lines you about to cross, okay? I'm ready to like plan my future. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Obviously, our conversation was much more just like, is very like generic. We are just kind of filling each other out because it's not like we were like friend friends at this point. Right. We had just been around each other. I think we had, we knew that we would initially be like compatible friends, but we just, you had your friends and I had a very deep kind of close little knit group of friends that I had. So it was, it was an interesting lunch for sure. It was. And because it, I mean, we were both very nice and we had no other. idea what we were doing. We didn't know what bases to cover. No. We were just like talking out of our asses. That's the other thing that I talk about so often is we were going blindly into this, you know, like, okay, totally cool. Put on a blindfold and let me walk through the cactus filled desert at night on with fire. scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. But, but, you know, looking back, I think we we messed up a lot, but we also did a really good job of trying to to navigate that whole thing. And y'all, if anyone is interested in being in an open relationship or or wanting to do it, get a coach, get a therapist who knows about the lifestyle. Like I cannot stress that enough. You do not have to go at this alone. Obviously, I do coaching when it comes to this specifically, but if it's not me, just get somebody who really knows the lifestyle, understands the lifestyle and supports it because you will find people out there who say that they do, but you may find some biased um, uh, advice when it comes to that. So I can't stress it enough. Um, yeah. God, if we would have had that, oh God, <laughs> that would so have been wild. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're like, nah, never mind. Let's just figure it out and stub our toes every we're two smart. seconds. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> So I do want to go, because you talked about, you know, having um, two different friend groups, which we did. And so when you talk to your friend group, here's the thing. No one in our world was really doing this type of relationship. So we didn't have the community. We didn't have anyone to talk to. We didn't, we didn't know what to do. And so our friends obviously were like, what are you guys doing? This doesn't make any sense. This is so bizarre you know, he just wants to have his cake and eat it too. And what are you guys doing? And, and you know, everyone makes up their own stories and assumptions. And maybe to a certain extent, that that is accurate um, to a certain extent. However, I would love to know kind of what it was like for you to talk about this side of your life if you decided to talk about it um, at all with your with your other friends. Because I know... I, when I talk to my clients about this, they're like, do I tell people? Do I not tell people? I don't know what to do. So give us your insight into that and how that process was. I had a wonderful support group of my friends, surprisingly, with no one else doing it, no one else really having heard of it, like, or it just being like a very kind of trashy side piece situation. Like everyone knows that kind of deal, but no one had really seen or heard people that they knew trying open in a conscious way, at least with the intention to be that way. So 
I was very lucky. Of course, they were like raising their eyebrows at me. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I'm <laughs> I'm like this sweet little like, you know, Steph that people have this perception of. And then here I am going to do open with Aubrey Marcus and Whitney Miller. You know, it's like this whole thing. Um, but I actually had one of my good girlfriends, Courtney, who also introduced me to Aubrey in 2013. She was very supportive. Carly was very supportive. Renee, like they deserve a shout out for sure because they all had my back in this, even if they weren't sure about it, of course. You know, it's an inherently questionable situation when no one knows anything about it. No one knows what to do. No one knows how this is going to work out. You know, what's the angle? And we didn't have one, but we knew it was something that we wanted to try. So mm-hmm. I got very lucky in in having them have my back in this. So Yeah. And I, I agree that they were, they seemed to be very, you know, loving and supportive. And even when we would all be together, you know, like there's sometimes that friends can come into the group and want to like manipulate or try to understand and try to talk down and look for like the negative side of things. Um, and I never actually felt that with them, which was yeah. great. So shout out to you guys. And same for my group of friends too, was, Hey, you guys, this is what we're trying. It may not make sense and you don't completely have to understand it, but this is what we're going to do for now. And yeah, I'll let you know if it works. I'll let you know if it doesn't work. Yeah. But it's great to have that, that community and the support system and anyone out there who's trying open. I think, you know, if you, if your community is so big when it comes to, you know, this type of relationship. Doing this alone would be so hard. It's so so hard. hard already. And I think there is a lot of people who would respond to it if you were to tell them in a positive way. Now, there are a lot of people who would respond, respond to it in a negative way. And at that point, do you want them a part of your life? If they're like, you know what? You're, you're insane. I don't want, I think you're crazy. I think you're doing this. And they're just solely seeing the negative side. And they're not supporting what you truly want to do for your life. Do you want that person in your life? Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No. But I mean, that's one of the questions that really comes up when exploring this this um, type of relationship. The other thing, you know, let's talk about, because I know a lot of people want to know, what are some of the challenges that you had coming into this? What, like, if, if anything sticks out of just being like, what did you, what did you not like about being in an open relationship? Or what would you wish that was a little bit different? So for my side, you know, the challenges weren't, inherently there in the beginning because, you know, I wasn't the person who had, you know, essentially something to lose. Like you had something to lose. This was your partner. I'm coming in with no baggage, nothing to really, you know, it was just like an experiment really. Like I, I just had nothing to lose. So in the beginning I was much more cautious and slow and I really wanted to be respectful because it's like, you're not going to get anywhere by coming into an established relationship and just blowing shit up because you want to be seen or heard. Like that just wasn't the route I wanted to take. And so the challenges didn't come till maybe like, we'll say like a year in, because that's when you get a little more emotionally invested and you're like, oh, wow, I actually like, like this person. And I do want more time. Mm -hmm. More time was, more time is probably the number one issue I could say for a third. Mm -hmm. That's, that's like the first one. And then, you know, as the years kind of went on, you know, Aubrey always was kind of, you know, there were always more girls. And so it's like, you think, you know, we're still trying to get 
the ground with just the three of us. And then, you know, a fourth comes in and then maybe that fourth kind of gets in and out. And then there's kind of a fifth. And not that we're all five together at the same time. We certainly had our ins and outs and, you know, our breaks for sure. But probably just getting more time, getting that communication that you have with someone that you have as like a love interest. Like you want to be talking to them. You want to be texting them. And so it's just like those kind of, they seem obvious to me, but (laughs) not so much. With, with, you know, when you are managing multiple relationships, it's so common for people to have schedules. Like the more that I, that I do coaching, like at the, at the time we didn't even think about this because we had no freaking clue what we were doing. But now it is so common for people to have schedules of saying like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm with so-and-so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm with whoever. And like just being able to schedule at the time. So you know what to expect for your week, because look, we're busy individuals and busy humans. So we got to schedule in our workouts and our naps and our nails and whatever else. So why not schedule in when you get to hang out and see somebody? But when it comes to to time, time really is the only commodity, I feel like, when it comes to open. Like you really do, you only have a, a finite amount of time. So being able to figure out what works best for everybody um, is super important. And then like you said, like having other people come into the relationship, super challenging for me as well and super challenging for you because it's like, okay, great. We can figure out us three. Like, okay, I think I feel good there. Wait, there's somebody else? What yeah. the, so now we have to share time with multiple people? Yeah. Like more than two? This is just, this is blasphemy. I, and so that was hard for me too, actually, like looking back at it and, and feeling like, wow, you have to have. Well, it's like right when you think you got it. Yeah. Bam. It's like, nah, we're going to change rugs here. Swoop. Yeah. Try to stand up now. Yeah. And, and to give him credit, like he did his best with, you know, being a CEO and a primary partner to you and then trying to have friends and then also be with me and then also looking for other people. Obviously, you know, those, some of those were his decisions and, you know, he brought on what he wanted, but to give him credit, like he did try his best and it's, we were all learning so much. Oh man. (laughs) And it was, you know, it was just hard. We were all trying our best, but it's, yeah, it's definitely not it's definitely not easy. That's it's for sure. not the easy route. <laughs> it's not the easy route, but at the other, the other sense is, okay, so you're making a 100% commitment to somebody. And that's also challenging too. I mean, Dr. Tammy Nelson talks about monogamy being a yoga practice. You have to wake up every single day and you have to choose to do that. And if you realize, you know, monogamy is a challenging choice. It's not that, you know, 50, da- 50 years down the road, or even, I don't know, five, seven, 10 years down the road that you wake up every single day being super excited to have sex with that one person <laughs> over and over and over again, even though they're farting and they're annoying the shit out of you. And like, you have all of this history and maybe there's some resentment or some insecurities, all of these things. Like monogamy is challenging yeah. and so is open or unconventional relationships. Like I think each type of relationship has its own pros and cons. No doubt. And it's like two people trying to relate to each other is hard. Three people trying to relate to each other, four people trying to relate to each other is really challenging. Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) And I think one of the things for me 
that, and I have to give so much credit to Steph first off, because there's no way that I could, I could have done this open relationship, I think, with anyone else to the extent that we did it for however many years. You know, yes, there were other women that came into the, um, to our relationship, but no one who was like really involved as much as you were, you know, like you and Ob are really, really good friends. Like you were there to support him. We were best friends. Best friends. Best friends. Yeah. You were there to support him always. And that's so incredible. And so I just have to give like total props to you for being able to <laughs> handle my standoffishness <laughs> and being like, oh, I don't know who you are. Maybe you should just go away. Maybe you should just fall off the earth. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, I'd be bye. like, okay, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. <laughs> Great. See ya. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, And for me, you were one of the biggest lessons when it came to being competitive with women. Uh, I just had a conversation today with Kimmy, Kim, Kimberly Lucas, who does our, I don't even know what you would call it, voila She's and stretching. wonderful. Highly recommend. Super um, shout out to her if you're in Austin, Texas and TK need somebody. Stretching. TK stretching. She will blow your mind with some of the stuff that she's able to pull out of your subconscious and what you <laughs> store in your body. Yeah. But I was having a conversation with her today about, she goes, what's the number one thing that you learned from being in an open relationship? And I was like, God, there's so much that I've learned, but the, the thing that really holds so much weight for me and that I'm so grateful for is the fact that I have a tribe of women around me and I feel as though we have such a deep bond with each other that we're not competitive with each other. With each other. We're rooting for each other in the best ways. Like if somebody is upset, we know their trigger and we know why they're, why they're upset. And we want to talk about that. We want to dive into the stuff that no one really wants to dive into. And open forced me to do that. And I think, I mean, it forced you to oh, do it no as well. Doubt. Um, you, for me, I'm the kind of person I'm very, you know, using my voice was a never and currently is not my strong suit, <laughs> but you've gotten so much better. So well, much better. That's the thing is even, um, just getting to practice some of those relationship things that I, I don't know if I would have gotten otherwise. Um, of course I would have been in a relationship, but we were, you know, we all would come together and we would sit down and maybe Dr. Dan was there or maybe we're having these like moments of just really trying to bring it to 100 as y'all used to call it and just really try and dive in and be allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. Like if you don't get to the place where you can't be vulnerable, you're not there yet and you're not ready and you should not be trying this. Mm -hmm. Because without that, it is just going to cause so much pain and destruction and hurt so once you get to the place where you can be vulnerable, like that's when it's like, okay, we can start doing the work now. Because without it, it's it's got to be step one. Yeah, it's step one. I mean, I always say when it comes to open relationships, your commitment to yourself to want to look at anything and everything that you haven't looked at, every single trauma, insecurity, or fear is going to be brought up to the surface. And if you don't have the commitment to say, okay, I'm interested in looking at that, mm-hmm then it's going to be hella. <laughs> yeah. Because I know, because I didn't want to do it for a very long time. Because <laughs> you really you really have to claim all of the parts of you. And it's all the stuff you don't want to say to people. And here you are with two people that you care about. 
and you're like, ugh, let me tell you about this and this. And like, I don't like it when you do that. And I want to do more of this. And this is what I want. And so starting to claim, like, starting to really kind of snowball the self-worth, it took years, took years to really get to the point where I'm like, oh, I can ask for that. Mm. Because it's important. It's important, but it's not something that I inherently do. Even now, I'll still just be like, oh, I'll go do this thing. I'll figure it out, yada, yada. But like when you're, I think when it comes to relationships specifically, you have to be able to ask for what you want, even if it in your mind comes to the detriment of the relationship itself, which it probably should if your partner isn't curious or doesn't want to support you in that ask. It's a big deal. (laughs) It's a very big deal. And that's something that I've realized recently so much is, being okay with being okay with asking for you what you want and for me it's yeah. more so it's more so saying when something hurt me or when someone hurt me hurts me it's i'm i'm still going through this process of realizing that those wants and needs and desires are so incredibly important step 1 and step 2 so incredibly important that they need to be shared because the other person has free will and they can do as they choose, but for you, for someone who's kind of, you know, stifled their voice and and same for me, stifled our voice and and kept it to mm-hmm. ourselves and like, okay, like totally sure. If, if you <laughs> yeah, feel let's good, do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you feel good about that, 100%, like I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to yeah. feel, you know, I, I, I can just stuff that away and pretend like I'm not bearing that weight. But that was the thing is by not expressing it caused us to have that weight yeah. on us all of the time. Yeah. And it would just kind of be like this awkward lingering of like, okay, either staff wit, like clearly something. It, I mean, if you look at me, you know something's wrong. Like I am fucking deadpan. Just this ugh. is why I say we need to have a reality show because the faces that Steph makes. Oh my God. Y'all are really missing out on this uh, video. Hilarious. Sorry. We'll do another one. We'll make up for it. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, you can look at her and be like, oh, oh, yeah, something is going on, <laughs> but in your heart and mind right now. And then for you, you'll just like bounce around. You're like, oh, no, got to go over here. See I'm ya. out. I'm like the distraction bunny. I'm like, Woo, more yeah. fun's over there. Yeah. So I'm going to go over there and put a smile on and pretend like you guys don't exist. Go me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, this term that I've been hearing lately, toxic positivity. Oh, I was I like, like that. that's kind of me. Uh- it's kind of me of just being like, yeah, totally bright side. I can see everything great. I made a post yeah. recently about about the fuck you flower shop or or fuck you very much flower fuck shop. You very much. But it was it was me kind of calling myself out of being like, yeah, I've been that person who will just hop around and find something that feels better to me. So I'll hop to that as opposed to like really dealing with the emotions that were coming up. And that was the next thing I was going to get to is like, just now, I think this year, maybe a little bit of last year is like, we've evolved to the point where now we really are making friends with our emotions and we're not hiding from them or being ashamed of them because my God, do you have a lot of emotions going through open and it's constantly changing. It never stays the same for like more than a day. Like there's always such a quick switch to potential downfall. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you want to be strong and you want to show up for people you love, but you could, you really, you're hurting on the inside. And so really kind of, acknowledging like, okay, this is what I'm feeling and I need to honor it and make friends with it rather than like 
hide from it because it's just going to come out. And we've learned that alcohol and open relationship is a very big, uh, (laughs) it's not a no-no, but you need to really be conscious and aware of the current state of affairs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, really kind of take inventory and stock of like what each person is feeling because it don't come out. (laughs) It's definitely, I mean, regardless of what type of relationship you're in, I mean, you can be single out with your friends and your friend says something and you have alcohol involved and it might set you off. So particularly when it comes to open and your, your emotions are already heightened. And I do want to touch on like you saying that at any point, you know, your emotions can, can fluctuate throughout the day or really throughout the day or the night or whatever it is. Because when I talk to a lot of my clients, they're like, God, is it normal for me to feel okay one moment and not okay the next? Steph, how would you answer that? Because I say the same thing over and over again, but I would love to just have your insight on that. Oh my God. It's like the most normal thing that there is. Like, because you, okay. So like an average thing for me or something that would be something that would kind of upset me on the regular (laughs) was y'all traveled a lot. And I wasn't always looped into those travel plans. So it's like, we could be having lunch at the office and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, either you or Ab or Ian would mention some kind of like accommodation thing. And I was like, oh, y'all are leaving town? Where are y'all going? What are y'all doing? And it's like, <laughs> fuck this day. I'm not going there. You don't want to travel with me ever. I hate this. <laughs> so it's like, it really can be like on a dime. Because it's, you know, it's like I wasn't, especially in the beginning, you know, I wasn't I was, it's not that I wasn't essential. I mean, I guess I wasn't essential. That just sounds a little self-deprecating. I don't like it, but I wasn't, um, you know, y'all were the primary partnership. So it's like, I had to deal with the reality that a lot of stuff was going to happen with or without me. So there was, I had to be on my toes a lot. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in those moments when you would feel you know, a trigger. I feel like trigger is so used often. I'm kind of over that word. Yeah. But when you would feel upset or you feel pissed off or you would feel like betrayed, like whatever, whatever, however you would feel, what are some of the things that you would do in that moment to kind of help you through that? I would do my best to remember the reality of the situation. You know, acceptance can be hard and it can be a bitter pill to swallow. And we do get wrapped up in you know, our own fantasies and ideas of what something should be. Um, but really just trying to ground myself to, okay, is what hap- is what is what's currently happening right now so bad? Um, we read the book Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Mm, so good. Super um, recommend that for you guys. It's it's fairly advanced in um, a digestive way. Like it's a hard book to read for some people. And it, it was actually hard for me to read. It'll it, fuck you up. It will fuck you up and it will slap you in the face with some truth. And I was not ready for that. And I'm like, this guy's basically talking shit to me. And I don't <laughs> feel okay about that. But everyone around Steph and Aubrey and like Kyle and we Caitlin, everyone's like, Woo, this is the best book ever. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> but it really, it really brings you to a place of like, okay, If you're in pain right now, if you're in suffering, you're not awake, you're not being present, you're not, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I would really just try and take a second and breathe 
I would really like kind of recount what's actually happening. You know, I would really try and be aware and watch my thoughts and emotions, mostly my thoughts, because your thoughts will fuck you up. Your thoughts, most of the time, are not your friend. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we're learning now this year, especially. I think we keep hearing like, don't trust your thoughts, don't believe your thoughts, because we're having these thoughts at a rate that is just, it's like insurmountable bad thoughts, good thoughts, like they're constantly changing. But really just trying to be like, okay, I don't have to identify with what I'm experiencing or what I'm thinking. And I can just kind of watch it and let it pass and not react in that moment. I'm not a big reactor on the spot kind of person. I kind of hold on to things and I really like to absorb um, situations and experiences and I would really just try and do my best to not freak out. Like that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I was, I'm constantly doing yoga and working out and that's such a good kind of foundation for mental clarity and, you know, having your hormones in a good spot and dopamine receptors and all that shit. But it's not like I had this plan of action to like solve these hard moments because you're really getting through each one moment by moment, day by day, experience by experience. And it's just knowing whether or not you're accepting what you signed up for. Mm. Because that's the reality of the situation is this is what I signed up for. Wow, that's big, right? Accepting what you signed up for comes with a lot of emotion, comes with a lot of thoughts, comes with a lot of shit, <laughs> really. But I mean, that is, that's really you taking responsibility for your life. That is you claiming your power and claiming, you know, your, your emotions when it comes to this. But you did bring books. I did. And I do want to mention some of these because some of them are my absolute uh, favorites. Um, so tell us why you have these books so highlighted. And- you should see them. They're all tabs. They're <laughs> color-coded. They're highlighted. There's like a hundred tabs in each of these books. I'm not even lying. You know, I, I'm... I like to save my little spots because you never know when you're going to need that reminder. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? So you save, so you go through these books. One of them is Conscious Loving, The Journey to Co-Commitment. It's by Gay Hendricks and Kathleen Hendricks. The other one is Polishing the Mirror by Ram Dass, which is one of my ultimate favorite. God, it's my ultimate favorite uh, books that I always recommend to people. But... So it looks like... These are like my two strongholds, no matter what experience, whether it's relationship. It just... These are like life books. Mm. Because this conscious loving one, it doesn't matter if you're single. I read it when I was single. I wasn't with Aubrey at the time that I read it. Um, It's just you need to be... You need to find ways that you can practice relationship even if it's not with a person. Like, so these books can be fucking invaluable. Mm-hmm. especially in your, if you're in a time of hardship. Um, they have exercises, but it really, it really kind of brings you to the center of yourself and your, your past selves, your younger selves, your, you know, your inner child. And you're exploring like, why would I react to something like this? You know, what about my parents' marriage would make me think that this is better or this is worse or that's what I should strive for? Or, you know, it really just helps you navigate within yourself to then express in relationship in a much more healthier way, which is the goal of what we were trying to do anyway. Yeah. I mean, in relationship or not having the relationship with yourself to understand why you do what you do is probably the most important thing possible, you know, because that dictates 
everything in your life from career to friends to family to, you know, uh, romantic relationships. So I don't know if you were like me, but anytime that I would have a challenge, when I first started this, y'all, anytime I had a challenge, let's be real, I would go out with the girls and get fucking hammered. (laughs) It was like, woo, party time. I don't want to face any of these emotions. I want to go drink and pretend like they don't exist. Yay. And then I realized that the hangover made me a hell of a lot worse. I was so sad. And I was like, "Mm, maybe not the best route to take. So if you are in this and you're trying to figure it out, that might be your go-to. But I'm telling you, at some point, that is going to cause more harm to you than anything else. Um, For me, it was talking to people who understood, like Dr. Dan Engel. It was reading these books. It was going back and reading these books in the hardest of times. I remember I would just go on to like Pinterest or like Google and I would just type in Ram Dass quotes yeah. or I'd type in um, Abraham Hicks quotes. Mm-hmm. I'd type in conscious relationship quotes. And, you know, um, who's the other guy? Mastery of Love, Don Miguel Ruiz quotes. And I would just sit there and I would read some of these quotes, just bring me back into like, okay, bring me back into, into who I am. Like, I'm Okay. My external, I am safe in my external environment. I'm safe because for me, one of the big things is, is really feeling safe in my world and stable in my world. I'm safe. You're right. I'm going to be okay. I can learn from this. What are the lessons that I'm actually learning from this situation? And so by doing things like that gave me the most growth in an ability to work through the most challenging of times. And it seems like that's what you were doing here. Yeah, for sure. And what I was going to say with piggyback with what you just said is like, it's so important for you to feel safe. And I think that's something that brought us closer is once you realize like, oh, okay, this woman's not trying to take everything from me. (laughs) Like I really became a support um, and an ally for you even when you and Aubrey were going through things and we were able to kind of create this uh, seesaw like support group of just like being able to really come to one another once we... Once you felt safe enough, because what's we what we've learned is when we talk about the beginning of this relationship with me and Whitney, is she's like, yeah, I did not like you in the beginning. I was like, oh, I thought we always liked each other from the start. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> like the more we talk about it now, it's like, oh, yeah, you definitely had <laughs> more challenge with it than I realized. She said the other day, she goes, you, I definitely liked you way before you liked me, <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking. Um, oh, did we? Okay. Maybe we did. Like, as you guys are hearing it's like our lessons. slowly lesson, leaking out. She's like, yeah, I fucking hated you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to, like, look back at things and see how people handle this differently. You know, how we handled our things differently. And that's why I have to go back of, of okay, so yeah, what you were saying, I got off track, <laughs> but what you were saying about um, me feeling safe yeah. with you is, okay, if me and Aubrey would have fights or hiccups or anything, you would automatically think, oh, well, at least I would automatically Ooh, that's my think. time to swipe in. Exactly. In so Steph's going to come in and she's going to be all nice and be like, see, maybe you should be with me <laughs> instead of her. Like, that's the stories that I will start to create in my head. But I realize, like, she she was always just there. She was always just, you know what? Like, I got both of you. I want both of you to be happy. She didn't wish either one of us pain. Like, she really, truly wanted both of us to be happy regardless of how the relationship construct was. And that allowed me to feel 
really safe. And I think that's where it started to shift our relationship from, okay, we weren't really friends. We didn't really know each other. Yeah. And and maybe we were kind of jealous and there was like some, there's there threat between us two, at least in my head. Um, but me feeling like, okay, she's not totally after my guy. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> And then like, and that's also something something that so many people have asked is what was that transition from being like, okay, we're in this relationship. We don't really know each other very well. We do we have two different friend groups. We're dating the same guy. How do we be friends now? I think that was just back in the day when we were partying a lot. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So it's like you kind of get thrown in these situations where it's like sink or swim, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you have to adjust very quickly. And I think I think you did just start seeing like, oh, I can have fun with you. Like I can let my, my little sprout hair down. And, right. you know, and I feel like we became close very fast. Once, once we got through that first year, because that was kind of just like the is this the, is, oh my god? Are you what even, are we doing? Are you even going to be around in six months? Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what the fuck. We'll t- we'll talk then. Because probably in my head, I was like, eh. <laughs> all right, this is a phrase. <laughs> you won't be here, but here we are, seven years yeah. later. And uh, and this is something that I think about now. It's like, if anything from this relationship is, it's like we found each other and we know that we have this super bright future, and we're so excited to just see where it takes us. But it's like you you get on these paths in your life and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know if it's going to be because of Aubrey or with Aubrey or for Aubrey. And now here it's us. Yeah, <laughs> here exactly. we are. And that's that's what's so truly beautiful about it. And like you still to this day, I mean, you have such a sweet, kind, loving, supportive heart for everybody you know, that you really connect with. And you've always kept that through and through. There was never like a line of, oh, I think she's trying to fuck me over, be deceitful or manipulate the situation at all. And so I want to ask you, do you think this would be possible if we didn't connect like in the way that we did? Like if you came in a situation where you didn't like me or I didn't like you always, what are your thoughts on that? No. No, just a a hard no. It's a big fat no. Obviously, there's there's always the exception to the rule, and maybe and maybe people initially they have their guards up so high that they don't even know who they're talking to in the beginning. So that's a hard no is probably not fair, but it's just for me personally. I feel like I'm, I feel like people are fairly good judges of character, and you inherently know you have this intuition about people, which you know you've had your experiences about initial encounters with people, and you know you know if it's going to be worth your time or if it's going to be, if it's just going to fucking drag you by the hair. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a hard, strenuous 24-7 process that I just could not imagine doing it if I really had real issues with the person. And now you need to take a look at yourself and say, okay, why do I not like this person? Like you need to come to a clean slate about your perception of this person because most of the time you're making, you know, probably incorrect judgments 
in terms of like what your ego says. You mm-hmm. have you have your intuition about a person, but then you also have like, oh well, I don't like the way she dresses. She smells funny. She's I don't, she's not that pretty. Like we could do better, you know that kind of stuff. But if you if you do the best to see what your partner is seeing in someone. And he also has to own up like, yeah, I just kind of want to fuck her. I want to mm-hmm. have sex with her. Like there's obviously that lane too. But I inherently, I would say you should really at least be okay with the person. But if it's like, I don't like you, it's going to be challenging oh. even more so. God, I get, yeah, no, there's, I mean, we had someone come into the relationship when or kind of somewhat early on, maybe a couple, few years into that yeah. I just didn't really like. I tried really, really hard, but I just did not like. We couldn't couldn't totally get along. Every once in a while we did, um, but that's just so hard. So I always feel like if, if you can have somebody that is, you know, accepted and supported and, and you know, respectful, of the relationship and respectful of everybody in the relationship, that is key. Well, and the inherent thing about me personally with our unique experience is I'm a natural supporter. I'm good with being behind the scenes and you're like, hello, here I am. Right. Like loud front and center. So I'm like, I'm good with that. Yeah. So, it worked so we complimented each we other. We complimented each other. And I'm, I'm just, I'm naturally like, are you okay? What's happening? How are you feeling? And you're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, whatever. Let's go do something more fun than talk about my feelings, okay? Yeah. So it's like, it's you you have to find, you know, those traits that really kind of support one another. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I can't stress that (laughs) enough. And I and it's not always easy. No. You know, it's not easy to find someone like that. Just be doing it because you want to. It you should be doing it because it's like it is just coming together. So. Mm-hmm. Great segue because I think that's super important when we talk about everyone coming together, everyone being in this relationship is that the other person that's coming into your primary partnership, this is something I had to learn. This is not something that I figured out day one or even day 300 and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> 500 and something was the fact that everyone in this triad or however many people you have Y'all are all in a relationship. Everyone's feelings, everyone's emotions, everyone's thoughts, desires, wants, and needs are just as important and that the other people are not there solely to benefit your primary partnership. And that's something that I actually did know going into day one because I, I, we came from totally different roads. Like you're going this way, I'm going this way. And then somehow we came together and we're like, oh, we found ourselves here. Uh Like my road, I knew coming into this, I had to not only cater to what Aubrey wanted and was feeling and, you know, excited him and all that stuff, but like, there's no chance of my success in this if I completely dismiss you. Mm. There's no way. Absolutely not. And you can't be dismissive. You can't try and overpower. Like, you just have to really find a sweet spot of claiming your space, which I, in the beginning, I was very, hey guys, I'm over here. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then finding a good balance of like, no, no, I'm here too. And then, then we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever that looks like. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm important. 
I I love you guys. I'm not here to completely screw everything up. I'm important. Yeah. I have feelings and needs. Like humans are uh, emotional beings. And so people having those emotions come up is completely normal. And I know at the beginning of, of the entire thing that I wasn't totally there and supportive and accepting of how you felt because I felt threatened. Like my, my man wants to be with somebody else. So I'm already triggered thinking that I'm not enough. Um, and I think I've already told you this a million times, but I apologize for not fully showing up in those ways and being like, Oh my God, like (laughs) you are a human. Like we're friends. I don't ever want to like hurt you You in any way. You have, you have, you have told me that. And it's very sweet. But it's like, again, we were all doing the best we could and learning on the fucking fly. Learning on the fly, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we should touch on prior to the, like prior to going into questions because I put it out to you guys about um, like what questions specifically you had for Steph and I or for the relationship. I bet they might be interested in the arguments. Yeah. Um, but... Because we never have really had any, which I think might be rare. Mm, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do we do it? Like the arguments between you and me, like do we ever just lose our shit on each other? No. No, we didn't. We didn't. And I think it it comes, you know, you got to give credit that we both came into this at a semi-rational point in our lives where it's like, okay, we're we're not going to totally be immature about certain things. But I think we were able to be transparent enough and clear enough and avoid enough just to, you know, get by. Mm -hmm. Because of course there was stickiness and uncertainty and like, but yeah, we never really had any arguments really. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't, we're not very argumentative person people either. I mean, even me, like I, I'm, I can be kind of like hard. Yeah. But my hardness is like, I'm just not going to talk to you. Like, (laughs) I'm just going to go over here because these people are more enjoyable and they make me laugh and I'm going to make them laugh and I'm not going to argue with you. Okay? So goodbye. (laughs) But yeah, we never really got to the point where we were just fully yelling or screaming at each other. And it's just because I think that was our nature. Now, is that possible when it comes to open relationships? I can only imagine. 100%, y'all. 100%. But it is really about how conflict resolution. Like, how can we communicate how we are feeling in a conscious, effective, and loving way without, you know, completely blowing up on yeah. each other? I mean, now, did me and Aubrey have arguments? Hell yeah, we had arguments all the time. Did you and Aubrey have arguments? Yeah, we did. <laughs> but not, <laughs> I, I used to always tell him this. I was like, you have never gotten my wrath. Like, there's Ooh. just something about, I feel like I'd be afraid of that one. Ooh, don't even, you got to watch the quiet ones, you know? Yeah. You really do. I've I've lost my shit. Maybe like, <laughs> I'm, like I just said, I'm not the person that just totally blows, like blows up, but I have lost it maybe yeah. two or three times <laughs> on Ob where it's just like chill, 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 chill. Oh, really? Oh, 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 oh. And then I just go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I just have no voice basically the next next day just from those like five uh, words that I screamed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of, and I, I'm more of the withdrawer. 
So it's like in order to get to you, like how I'm going to fuck you up is, oh, you see this really shiny, sweet love that I, I give you on the time. Guess what? I'm going <laughs> to fucking remove it, which is like the worst thing. you can Right. Do. Withdrawing love. It's, it's manipulative. Worst. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a form of gaslighting. I just heard on another podcast. I oh. can't remember which one it was, but apparently so. And it was very effective, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when someone just like yanks that love from you because it triggers everything. They're oh, like, oh my yeah. God, they're not here for me anymore. They don't love me anymore. What yeah. did I do? Did they do something? Like, what the hell? And yeah. it starts to really bring bring all of that up. And so that was that was something that we would we started to get ground on and we would work through, but it would still it would still happen, especially if alcohol was was involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah. something that I definitely <laughs> want to uh, touch on because we're in a place now to where I feel as though me and Steph are the strongest that we've ever been. You know, we and why? I think it's because we had the open relationship and it's because um, there was one thing. Let me just segue a little bit. People want to know if all of us were in a relationship, like me and Steph are dating and Steph and Aub were dating and I was dating Aub. No, it was Steph and Aub were dating and me and Aub were dating. Yeah. Me and Steph were friends, but you we weren't. You made plenty of non-sister wife jokes. You're like, I'm going to make this clear. No sister wife Listen, <laughs> this is not a sister wife. You ain't moving in, okay? We are yeah. not about to share a bathroom. We're not going to cook dinners together all the time. We're not going to do any of that. Also, I'm I'm very hetero. And I'm just, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have a girlfriend. She wishes she was more gay. I do. I really, really do. Because I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and it's just not there for me, unfortunately. I'm sad about it. And I know I talk you about this close. all the time. You got close. To that God, I know. But not close <laughs> enough. I just want to keep getting closer to it, you guys. <laughs> so if anyone has any ideas, hit me up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, all of us had separate relationships. And so now moving forward, me and Steph are in the best place. I feel as though that we've, we've ever been because we're in a spot now to where we are completely supporting each other. And we've been through hell and back (sighs) together. So we, we know what each other's triggers are. We know what happens when, when that happens, like I'm, I'm one to shut, shut off a little bit and be a little like abrasive. You also kind of like shut off and mm-hmm. get quiet and can be angry. And yeah. like we, it's easy with us now because we really went through the gauntlet together. Well, it's like, we know how to read the room. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and look at you a little flustered, like pent up. I'm not going to be like, so what do you think about this detail and this detail? And you're like, no, I clearly don't want to discuss that right now. Yeah. You know, it's like, we just know how to read each other. And like you said, we've just fucking been through the ringer. And so now it's like, okay, here we go. And I think that's something that people who are, are just in friendship with people is, you know, reading the room, understanding what causes pain to your friends, understanding how you can support them. And if you don't know, it's okay to ask them like, yeah. Hey, what's the best way that I can. And you're really good about that too. Yeah. What's the best way that I can support you right now? Because we may have an idea of what that looks like and, and how we can show up, but it may not be the most nurturing to that person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thinking about all the times I'm like, Whoa, God, it's been a lot. It's been a lot, but it, it, but such a good journey too. And I I really do feel as though we can support each other in a different way solely because we've talked about these things. We've talked about it. We've been through things that, you know, normal friendships wouldn't have gone through. Um, we've 
we've had the separation. We've had the moments where it's like, ooh, we're not very close right now. I don't totally mm-hmm. like it. I don't totally know why. I don't totally know how to fix it. And it did come with, you know, points of, you know, heightened intimacy. If like I was feeling closer to Ab or if you were feeling closer to Ab, like we we obviously had that like sliding scale. But it's we just know each other so through and through that it's effortless. And yeah. it is such a gift right now to be able to have that with you. Uh, girl, <laughs> I agree. What a great date we're on. Oh my God, this I love this podcast so well. date. <laughs> um, so yeah, the other thing that everyone <laughs> we're getting hit up about, which I totally understand, is what about now? Because Ob just spontaneously, at the flip of a fucking <laughs> eyelash, got married yeah. <laughs> to someone who is in our group. And a lot of people want to know how are you doing? How are you feeling? What did what did this bring up for you? Because you guys were involved two months before yeah, all we of this were, happened, right? We were in Tulum together in February. Then you met him in Tulum for Fit for Service, the whole deal. Um, we got a cat. <laughs> they got a cat. We got a cat, Pepper. She's insane, but beautiful. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it just... Of course, we we had hit a snag on something. I can't totally remember. Um, And, you know, he had just decided that we, you know, he was never going to choose an intimate relationship with me ever again. So it's like I initially started the year with that. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Fucking 2020. God, 2020. Jesus Christ. That slam. And then, you know, when I got to watch the progression of, you know, y'all's kind of situationship and then a very one about 180 whatever the phrase is <laughs> to you know um Bailana and marriage it was like not only was I having my feelings about the situation but as a friend to you I was like oh fuck no mm-hmm. like I can't there's it just watching everything and just knowing what you're feeling it's it was, you know, blundering. Is that a word? Blundering? I don't know. Blundering. <laughs> um, it came it from somewhere. Fun. It was, yeah, it is, it is very hard. And of course, we we want to find the grace and the compassion to be happy for them. But the timeline of it was insane. Well, right. Because that's the thing is, is because it was so spontaneous. Like, let's just say, you know, you move on. Like, you and Ob decided yeah. to, you yeah. know, split or transition the relationship, you move on. He starts dating someone else within a few months. Maybe within like a year, they move in with each other. Maybe a year and a half, they get engaged. And then like however long they get married. And so you're like, huh, okay. Yeah, I can handle that. All right, cool. Hmm, Interesting. That's still bringing up some stuff. Wow, they're moving in together. (laughs) Okay, yeah, totally understand. Oh, now they're getting married. Okay, you know what? I'm totally happy for them. Still bringing up a little bit of stuff. But because it, it was split Dating, night and engaged, day. married, all within a 60-day, maybe less. I don't even know. So a month, month and a half period is that it was just kind of like, whoa, tsunami. All of the emotions, all of the things having to deal with. And I'm obviously speaking from, from <laughs> personal experience here as well. But it's interesting, as you say, you know, watching your friend go through the challenge as well, because you have your own challenge, but then you see like your best friend going through the challenge too. And it's like a double whammy. Yeah. And I, so it's like, I had the inherent like bumper, 
you know, I had the head start on you to <laughs> process, um, you know, a kind of separation with him. Um, so then when it came to seeing you and just understanding how that was going to affect you, it's like, I'm sure like a part of me just fucking switched and was like, okay, 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 okay. okay. How do, how do I help? What do I do? Like what damage control? How do I help you? Of course, then I'll go back to my own space and kind of process my own stuff. But it was just kind of more important to just get like us okay together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we didn't, you didn't, you certainly didn't have to do it on your own. I didn't have to do it on my own, which thank God. Oh my God. Like, I just remember the day that I, <laughs> I'd spent the night with a friend. <laughs> I was getting in my car from your place. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just, this is all coming back to me right now. Okay. Yes. Yes. Continue. Um, and I'm, it's early enough that I'm like, there's no way I'm going to see like Whitney out and about. I thought about calling you, but again, it was early enough that you like, you could have been sleeping. And then I'm, I'm on the street, like catty quarter into the entrance of your place. And I just see you and you're like pointing at your phone. So I pull <laughs> over and you're like, they're engaged. And I was like, who? Who's they? And you're like, Aubrey and Vailana. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But it's been six days. It can't yeah. be possible. <laughs> so so we were able to have those days where it's like, fuck it, it's 2, 2 p.m. We're opening the wine. We're going <laughs> to sit on the balcony. We're going to watch people. It's COVID. Like all hell is breaking loose. The nation is in turmoil. And here we are. <laughs> just like, well, we're just trying to get through this. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so, I totally forgot about that now that you brought that up. But yeah, I remember being like, oh my God. There's Steph. You're like, you're coming over. I, like, I don't know what you got to do, but go feed Pepper. Come back. You're hanging out with me. We, I can't be by myself. And that was, you know, that was a really big lesson too for me, particularly when it comes to reclaiming your power and, and stepping into what feels good for you is the fact that, okay, this really hurts. I cannot be by myself right now. And I would never normally do that. Usually I'm like, eh, I'm good. I'm totally like, whatever. Super fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah, totes. This is awesome. Super great. Um, but no, it was just so much pressure that it wasn't. That was not a possibility for me because, you know, a week and a half before that, it was a completely different story with with Ab and I, and it was, you know, we were talking about what a more committed relationship between him and I looked like. So when this flipped the script, it was, it was like, wait, wait, what? Um, and so I really had, it forced me to lean on, mm -hmm. you know, my, my support systems within, within my life. And I feel like if you're going through a hard time, reach out, yeah. like it's okay that, it, and you can tell someone like, I just need you to come over. I don't even want to talk about this. I just need to watch a show with me, a movie with me, cook dinner, or I just need you to sit here and listen or what I've really gotten into recently is a karma-free bitch session. <laughs> I think my uh, brother and Christy, my sister-in-law, uh, introduced me to that where it's just like, look, karma-free bitch sesh, and we're just going to talk about everything that I want to talk about because I think it's also necessary to just spew when you need to spew. Yeah. Well, it's your, I think it goes with your most recent post is you're, it, it's not all silver lining and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and fairy tales all the time. Like even now it's like preparing for this podcast. Like 
there was a d- definite direction where I could have just fucking felt like I could lay into someone. Yeah. But it's like, that's not what I want for myself at the end of the day. Like, we all want to process, you know, these kind of heartaches or traumas or whatever you're going through in a, a healthy, compassionate, conscious way. But you're going to have days where you're like, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> like, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's okay to feel that. And it's as long as you don't attach to it and you don't make it your like, your, you don't make it like your MO. Like, that's not your new agenda. It's just like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. It sucks. It's fucking terrible. But you have to remember it's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. It fades. I mean, that's the only thing. The only thing that you can absolutely count on is change. Like, that, that really is. The only constant is consistent change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's been the journey that we've, you know, been on through, through the past, whatever, six, five and a half years. And man, can we change on the fly now? We are good. Yes. <laughs> we are good. We're like, wow, if there's, if there's anything that we really brought out of this entire thing is that we, we are unbreakable. Like all of us truly are unbreakable at the yeah. core, but sometimes it feels like shit is just so hard that it's just breaking you. And if you can, it's breaking you to a way of being like, fuck this. I don't like this. But also at the same time, it's breaking you into this. A better version of yourself, truly. Yeah. You hear that all the time. You see the memes on Instagram, but it's like, there is a real beauty in the breaking. And it feels unfortunate and traumatizing in the moment. But my God, when you can get there and like not even on the other side, when you can just like get to the, the, the breaking is taking a pause and you're like, okay, I'm not currently breaking at the moment. And you're like, ah, oh, some reprieve. Like, okay, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Even though I could break a little more, there's more breaking to be had, but I'm fucking okay. You're okay and you're strong enough to handle it. Yeah. And you have people around you who are cheering for you and rooting for you. And it's just about being like, hey, I just need you right now. Yeah. And you have moments where you're excited and you feel like renewed and you feel free. And you have moments where you're like, oh no, I've lost everything. Oh no, like I'm dealing with the grief of like a death. Like the person and the relationship that I once had with someone is gone. Mm. Yeah, that's big, right? When you go through a transition of a relationship, people, Ram Das always says, when he talks about death in particular, is, you know, grieve. I'm grieving for too long. And he goes, no, 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 no. Great. Yeah. Grieve more. Yeah. (laughs) Grieve more. Keep grieving. You know, like allow yourself that process of grief because it really is a, a, it's a death of a a relationship to a certain extent, but it, it really is the death of what that person, how that person fulfilled a point in your life. And you were talking about this earlier, about it really being a death and you having to grieve that death. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's just exactly what you said, but I mean, until you get to the point that you're actually experiencing experiencing it, you can hear it, you can hear about it. And it's like, even if I were to see that person today, if I were to see him today, like, it's not the same. It's different. It's so different. And it's, so it's the, the death of what was is dead. Mm-hmm. The death of what was is dead. The, the... It's the death of what it's, was. It yeah. In order and, to make in order to make room for what will be. Yeah, what's to come, which we're very excited about. I think we, now we can say that 
Yeah. But it's, oof. It's a, it's a, it's a process to get there. Yeah. Even like someone could just mention a minor detail mm-hmm. or his name or her name or just something that, you know, kind of unified them. And whether I struggled with it in the moment or I'd get in my car and I would just cry, you know, like it would just hit you. Yeah. And like you, you would hear things and it'd be fine, fine. Okay. Watch the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. And then someone would be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Here it is again. It's oh, back. It's still there. It's back. You know, it's still so there. It's, and it, it'll be, it'll be a long time for me. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's going to be weeks, months, years. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, continue to figure out is like, it's okay. Your grieving process is your grieving process and no one else can say, oh, you're doing it wrong. You know, look, if we're, if I'm eight years, six years, five years down the road and I'm just still livid at all of this and I'm not able to move on and I'm not, not looking at the ways that I can learn from this, that's one thing. Yeah. But it's been, what is it, August right now? We're talking about <laughs> May. Yeah. So just a couple of months, like it's okay for both of us yeah. to still be grieving. And if you're going through a, a relationship that ended eight months ago, grieve. God, two years ago. Grieve more. Two years ago. Keep grieving. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. All right. So we covered a whole lot of goodness in that we tried to cover most of our however many year journey at this point. And I feel like we did a really good job. Um, but we posted on Instagram, what what are your questions? What do you want to know specifically, you listeners? And so that's what we are going to do now. We're going to go through some of the questions and answer them for you. One of the ones that I want to ask and that um, comes to mind is, would you ever be in an open relationship again? You know, Bob, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would, but it's... It's a very specific circumstance for me personally. It's not something I'm seeking. It's not something I particularly ever thought I would do or be a part of. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are some lifestyles and there are some just certain traits that I think inherently match that. Mm -hmm. And of course you want to be, I don't know if I would per se enter into a third kind of situation again, or at least not for the moment because it's too fresh, obviously. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely, I am open to any and all relationships that suit me and whoever I'm dealing with specifically at that time and moment. What is the best fit for us? Like Mm -hmm. that's what I'm interested in and it's what I've always been interested in. Um, So yeah, I'm not like, you know, you always say you're not an advocate for open. I'm not an advocate for any certain type of way. It's just what inherently feels best and makes sense for your life and your lifestyle and the phase of life you're at. Like there's so many things to consider. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, Because I get asked this a a lot as well. Would I be in another open relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Is it the only type of relationship that I'm interested in? No, I am interested in being in a monogamous relationship with all of the knowledge and the lessons that I've learned now. Um, but yeah, I, I am open to it. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, is I'm not saying that everyone should be in an open relationship because I don't believe that. But I also don't believe everybody should be in a monogamous relationship. And one thing that I want to really touch on and bring up is this idea of a sacred union. 
um, and that a sacred union and a sacred relationship is only monogamous. And I absolutely 100% could not disagree with that comment more. Um, I think you get to decide what is what is sacred for you specifically. If you are happy and you are fulfilled and you are growing and you are in a relationship with someone that you truly love or in multiple relationships with people that you really want to be in, that is beautiful and that is sacred. And I celebrate the hell out of you and I will always be your cheerleader. Now, if you want to get out of that relationship and you want to be solely in a monogamous relationship, 100%, I got you, boo. Like I will support you in any way possible, but I do not stand by the fact that Aubrey said that sacred union is monogamy. I don't. Yeah, I actually, um, I didn't hear that on, so I think they released, well, they didn't release, they, I heard, um, so I work for Aubrey, uh, cliffhanger side note, um, I work for Aubrey, so I was able to hear, um, the initial recording that him and Vailana had, and I was, I was very proud of myself for like, okay, I'm going to listen to this, and I'm going to watch this, and I'm just going to see what happens. Um, so I watched the first one, but I think they re-recorded. So that's one that I, you know, I didn't hear. I've unsubscribed from his newsletter, so I don't, I don't read any of that, but I've heard a couple of things. Um, and I, I think it's a little unfortunate because he has a following of people who have looked up through him, looked up to him through his relationship experience. And, um, I don't, want to bash him in any way. Um, I feel a little uncomfortable even like, I I know I'm like, oh, my throat's like closing up on me. But I I feel sad for anyone who feels like, oh shit, now what I'm doing is not accepted or or blessed in any way or um, beautiful. And it's, I, it makes me a little sad. I like, I feel sad right now. Um, It's, and I think that's an unfortunate slight on his end mm-hmm. because um, it's also like you you can't tell anyone what to do in their relationship and you can't tell anyone how to feel and you can't tell anyone that their relationship is less than, than yours because of how you feel in your relationship currently. You're, you're not going to be the other two people that you're talking to about relationship. Like you just can't say that relationship or monogamy is the only sacred route. That's a little unreal to me. Yeah. And I think you guys know how I feel about Ugh. that, <laughs> you know, because it it is, it is sad because I got so many messages from people who looked up to both Aubrey and I, um, as you know, like we were, we were standing up for people within the polyamory or open or unconventional relationship. We gave it a voice. We gave it a voice because it it is something, it's still taboo. And we talked about, and we talked about the ups and downs of it. And to me, that was very, very sacred. And it made me, you know, if I'm speaking very transparently and honestly here, it made me feel like he disregarded that as kind of like an experiment. Now, I don't fully believe that. I know that we had a beautiful um, relationship and there was a lot of love there. But just some of the things that I've heard him say, particularly when it pertains to open and polyamory hurts because I want everyone to know that monogamy is not the only way. If you want to be monogamous, fucking go for it. That's awesome. Relationships are failing all the time, regardless of if they're monogamous or poly. Yeah. Like 
that is just the undeniable truth. And I think, you know, certain things get the blame for why a relationship failed. But the reality is they just, it's a constant in relationship. They're, they're failing all the time. Relationships are hard. They're fucking <laughs> they're hard. They're so hard. And if you're open or you're monogamous, it's always challenging. Kind of like what we talked about earlier. But, you know, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I've you know, I've thought about this a lot because I didn't get to touch on it on the last podcast. I did specifically talking about my experience. But it was sad to read that, you know, in his newsletter, he said that open or polyamory is a bit like communism. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't disagree. Is it hard as hell? Yes, it's hard as hell. Is it doable for people? 100%. Yeah. And is it, is it doable? And do I totally support it? Even though for him and I, it didn't pan out in maybe the way that we had expected. Um, yes, 100%. Me and Aubrey are completely different people. I'm not sure that, you know, whatever relationship, monogamous or not, we would have been, quote unquote, successful, whatever successful actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that we had a successful relationship for many, many years. I mean, for eight years, we're in a relationship and most people, you don't, they don't have relationships even that long. If we're talking about strictly monogamous relationships either, like two. Um, so I look back with that relationship with so much love and so much gratitude and so much, you know, appreciation for for him and I and for the, you know, experience to go through open and polyamory and also know that anyone who wants to continue or anyone who is interested in it, that is a beautiful, sacred decision mm-hmm. between you guys. And just because someone decided to change their mind on that doesn't mean that it has any bearing on you in your life. Yeah. And something I can kind of piggyback on too is like, it's our, me and Aubrey's relationship is still to this day, one of the most influential and passionate and, you know, kind of, it just, it, Holds weight. It holds weight. And it's it was a big deal to me. And it it meant a ton. And, you know, I'm still kind of I know that we will all come around and we will all get there. What that looks like, I don't know. Um, I know we'll be able to come back together and be in an okay space, but as of now, you know, we're still just processing and it's gonna take a minute. <laughs> it's gonna take a minute. You guys are hearing like us go through this process, which is why I love having a podcast and and trying to be as open and vulnerable and and share my process as much as I possibly can because it's real. And speaking on processes, like now that we are individually processing our own stuff, it's like before we had to process everyone's stuff at the same time and we had to process it in a way that maybe potentially wasn't for the betterment of ourselves, but it was something we wanted to do for the relationship. And so now here we are able to be like, oh, no, no, I actually don't want to do that. And I no longer have to. Mm-hmm. And so here I am standing. It's it's not that you want the circumstances that are around you, but you're like, here we are. I didn't decide this. And this is how I'm reacting. And it's just, I'm going to do it my way right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's see. What else do we have? I am a third in a triad. Any advice for me coming into this relationship to feel more comfortable? I wish I could know like her whole backstory. I know, I know. <laughs> like, can we uh, call her in? 
Um, or I'm assuming it's to her. Um, any advice? The thing with advice is it's very tricky because I could I could spew what I know from my circumstance and my instance in this um open relationship, but without knowing a little bit more, it's a little hard to guide you on that. But what I would say with what I know is we all have an intuitive voice that we hear on the daily. And if there's anything that is coming up for you that feels iffy, off, unfair, lean into that and really explore it and be like, what's coming up for me and why am I feeling this way? And then with your partners, like share that with them and see how they respond. Um, Because that's going to be a key indicator on how your relationship is going to progress. Um, So being vulnerable, being open, sharing, and stick up for yourself. Mm. <laughs> and it it's hard as a third to do that in the beginning. Um, because you don't you want you want to be there and you don't want to step on anyone's toes and you you don't want to lose your spot, you know? So yeah, just if if you have any connection to your intuition, really, really, really just kind of lean on it, explore it, wherever that leads you. Huge. That's so important. I think it's important for anyone and everyone, God, something that we're still, you know, learning from each other as well. Um, another question. I am the third right now and everything is up to the wife. Does this shift or get better with time? Hmm. That reminds me of someone. <laughs> uh, who? <laughs> reminds me of you. Let's see here. There are no, everything is up to well, if that's the case, then yes, it does get better. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It does get better. She's probably feeling a little insecure. She's probably feeling unsure. She probably wants to just make sure that she's, you know, asserting herself in their relationship. Um, do I think everything needs to be left up to her? No. Um but that shift will come with time because you just naturally have to progress through the experiences and the conversations and, you know, what's allowed, what's not allowed. And like something you used to say in the beginning of y'all's relationship was like, okay, we set these rules. Yeah. Guess what? All those rules went away. Right. So it's like you you start, you start with the rules because they make you feel safe. And then slowly they just kind of deteriorate away. <laughs> it's the, we set rules because they make us feel safe, but really it's just an illusion, right? It's, it's we're setting these, these rules of you can only talk at X, X time for X amount of time and only do this and only have this type of sex. Only sleep in this bed. Only sleep in this bed. <laughs> that was one of my thing. It was like, you cannot sleep in, in the master bedroom. Which I actually like if if somebody is in a relationship and they feel as though like they want to have their own sacred space and like no one is else is allowed I in that. I actually agree. <laughs> then go for it. Um, but that was one of my rules. Is like, okay, first off, it was like the house. You can't even like <laughs> be at the house, you know? And then I was like, okay, well, maybe that's a little aggressive. Um, you can't sleep in the same bed. And eventually these rules would kind of taper off into the deeper... I would Found. snuggle in between you two so hard. So you had hard. no choice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, oh, God. Sucking small. <laughs> but it was like, it came down to the more foundational, like, trust. Yeah. Like, can we really trust each other? 
um, what are the things and what are the boundaries and agreements that that really nurture all of our relationships and and all of our lives. Um, and so, yeah, most of the time when you first start this type of relationship, you will come up with all kinds of rules. And look, there is pacing and calibration. So let mm-hmm. me talk about that too, is you don't want to go zero to 60 and, you know, you, you're thinking about being in an open relationship and then you bring up to your partner, hey, I want to be in an open relationship with Bob at the, at the gym and we're going to have sex for the next three days in our bed. You know, like that doesn't have to be that way. Like, no. trust me, don't do that. Don't do that. Just start off slow. Go to dinner. And if another, another thing that I can bring up is have a time that you're going to come home. So if you're going out to dinner or you're going to be sexual with somebody else or whatever it is, you're going to be home at midnight, 1 a.m., 11, whatever feels comfortable to you guys. Because if not, the person who is at home is constantly thinking about what are you doing? When are they going to be home? Why are they not home yet? Why are they not texting me? So the more that you can like really talk about these things and set those boundaries up to, it, it helps just kind of smooth yeah. over the st- the toe stepping that inevitably yeah. happens. And and that does take work and effort and it, take, it takes mindfulness. Um, but hopefully, I would hope for anyone who is wanting to try this that, you know, that kind of consideration is an inherent part of your being. That would be helpful. <laughs> I know it's not totally the case for everyone, um, but it would make it much easier, I think. Sure. And <laughs> I don't think that I'm necessarily that person. You're not. So this is why <laughs> I know that for me, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense for me. I understand that I should, I'll should. i be home at midnight so you're not sitting at home thinking about when I'm going to be home or what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, the agreement between all of us is that we are going to have sex on this first date, you know, and that we didn't think that we were just going to go walk around the park or something, right? So just really understanding what does an open relationship look like to you? What does this first date look like to you? And how does it feel you know, nurturing and fun for everybody. Because a lot of the times we're bringing other people into our relationship. We're enjoying other people, exploring other people because we want to bring in more fun and more love. It's like finding the perfect balance of controlled planning regimen, but also leaving room for spontaneity, fun, adventure, and just like the natural flow that can be created within people. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep, absolutely. This doesn't really have much to do with an open relationship, but I got this Are you question. Are about that top line there? Oh, no, no. Never mind. <laughs> I am not. Vaginal probiotics. You know, I love that conversation. We did a <laughs> podcast with Adrian. I cannot remember her last name, and I'm so sorry right now, but we'll put it in the show notes. She talks all about the best vaginal probiotics that you can take to take care of your pretty little pussy. Um, doing a long, here it is. Doing a long distance relationship right now and I'm sexting with other girls, dot, dot, dot. Is that cheating? Well, you'd have to talk to your partner about it. <laughs> right. Okay. This is what I was just saying <laughs> is that everybody has a different idea. Well, let me ask you. If you were in a monogamous relationship, what would cheating be to you? Definitely physical is the obvious first answer. Physical in what way? Sexual. Sex. So penetration? Penet- uh, all of the above. What about kissing? Yeah, no. Okay. No, no. All right. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the texting is tricky because people are allowed to have friends. But sexting. Oh, sexting. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's cheating. It's cheating. It's cheating for me. Right. But this is the other thing is like some people are in relationship to where they're like, you can go out and you can you can sext all you want as long as you don't meet up with them. But or, maybe when I'm in a 12-year relationship and I'm like, God, yeah, sex someone else. Will you? Jesus Christ. Like that might, it, everything, I think everything should be allowed to evolve. Yes. Um. So really it's just, you know, more backstory. We need these people to call in. Jesus. Well, I think really, I would love God, a call-in show. Man, that'd be so great. We're going to make this happen, you guys. We are going to make this happen. Next love one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True sex. Wild love. Line. Love line. <laughs> line. Double love line. Um, But yeah, I think, so I'm going to take it a little bit further. Monogamy and what you think of monogamy needs to be discussed, explicitly stated within your relationship. Because what monogamy means to Susan and Bill down the road may not be what it means to you. And most likely it doesn't. Everyone has a different definition of what monogamy is. Um, Same with cheating. Everyone has a different definition of what cheating is. Some people are, you can only kiss, but if you have any sort of penetration, then that is cheating. Some are, you can't even look at their photos on Instagram. That is cheating. Um, Some are sexting. If you send um, if you send a dick pic, that's cheating. She can only send boobs back. You know, <laughs> like there, there are so many different intricacies yeah. to what cheating and monogamy are. And so I think it's important to really talk about that, to have an understanding and get insight into your partner and your relationship and just really knowing what that looks like. Yeah. And kind of evaluating their, their fears around that because so much of that is just fear based. Of course it actually happens, but it's like when you're just on the fucking lookout, like, oh, you're on Instagram? Who are you fucking Instagramming right now? Whose picture are you liking? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you DMing? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, it really matters to decide where you're at in your relationship and coming to a consensus on, okay, maybe we want to spice things up. Like, maybe the idea of you sexting someone just pictures or maybe not even photos, maybe just kind of talking to someone. Any of it might be hot. Yeah, it might be hot. It might be like, oh, you think that's sexting? Let me fucking show you what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it brings a little fire back to the life, which I know is something that happened for you and Ob. And mm-hmm. so if you can, if you can cultivate it in a way that works for your relationship, obviously there are people who don't want to be in the relationships that they're in. So that Correct. needs to be addressed first and foremost. Like, are you bored or do you not want to be in your relationship? Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about not being in a relationship, because I talk to a lot of people who are wanting to transition relationships. And my first question to them is, have you really tried? Like, have you really put in the effort to understand how they want to be loved? To understand what you can do to really own your half of the relationship. Because if you're wondering, like, do I want to stay in it? Do I want to get out of it? Well, if you get out of it right then and there, you may be questioning, fuck, did I, did I just pull the trigger, you know, pull the ripcord too soon? So give it all you got and see if you really want to be in that relationship and have the clarity of, you know what? 
I just don't think this is right for me. And if it's not right for me, this is your permission to get out of that relationship because that's the most loving thing that you can do for yourself and the most loving thing that you can do for that person. Mm Amen. Breakups, <laughs> I, I know, like breakups suck. I get it. They do. But it can be the best thing that you can do for yourself and that person because they get a chance to go find someone who can fulfill them in ways that are different from you and really but match also them. to just like own it in a, like a respectable fashion. Like, okay, yeah, you might be alone for a little bit, but guess what? You actually don't want to be in this relationship. So be with yourself and figure out what's going to make you a better partner, a better lover, a better friend, a better mate to whoever is going to be next. Because just like, I don't know. I think, you know, perfect. (laughs) it's, it, it gives you the opportunity to really learn more about yourself. How can you be the best partner? Like, how do you want to show up to somebody and really just be accountable? Like, Taking responsibility. Like, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore, so I'm not going to. Because that's what I want. Ooh. Yeah. And, and that might that it, might hurt the other person. And it might also hurt you. Mm-hmm. But you inherently know. I keep, I've said inherently about a thousand times on okay, this. Okay, it's a great word. <laughs> I'm really smart, you guys. <laughs> um, but it's like, it might, it might hurt you right back. But you have the knowing of, you have that deep, knowing of whether or not someone is really kind of satisfying that partner role for you. I mean, that's that intuition that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. I always ask too, you know, what does it cost you to be in a relationship to where you are not fulfilled? What does it cost you in time, in energy, in presence, in, you know, in monetary value within your career? How much more you know, happiness and vitality and health also would you have if you weren't constantly thinking about your relationship and the issues of it. And you can either lean in and say, you know what, I'm all in to really figure this out or listen if this is what it's telling you to be like, it is time that our relationship transition. Does that mean it's a failure? No, it doesn't mean it's a failure. Everyone thinks that when you break up, society, I should say, tends to put this idea out Everyone puts this idea out that when your relationship ends, it's a failure. Absolutely not. I don't look back on my relationship with Ab as a failure by any means whatsoever. It was the most beautiful and deep. And I have so much appreciation for that relationship. To me, it was absolutely not a failure by any means. And just because a relationship transitions doesn't mean that. And so if you're in that point and you're like, do I get out of it or do I really lean in? You get to decide. How do you want to learn? There's not a wrong choice. How do you want to learn? You want to learn by really knowing if you want to be in this relationship, go full in, figure it out. What do they want? What do you want? And if you're like, you know what? I've done that. And I'm at the point to where I really feel sure that I want to get out of this. What is it costing you? How would your life change? And do that. Do that. Give that gift to yourself and to the other person. Because those lessons will just keep showing up, man. Oh, they're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> they yeah. won't go in. You will know. And it will keep happening. So it's like you either have, you've either got a little taste and you're like, okay, I'm going to take that and go forward. And I think we're firm believers that you can, you can almost always go back to something. If it hasn't, if irreversible damage hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. you can always own your mistake and create clarity and, you know, have 
an absorbent amount of forgiveness and just all of this stuff to just own your shit. Like you can come back from stuff. Owning your shit, you guys, is super sexy. Mm, owning shit. I do. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, you you were wrong. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, like there's there's room for things to, you know, come back to love and to come back to life always. But it's like you have to really, you have to really listen to, you know, the signs and your gut and what's happening. And, you know, it's like what you say, you get to to choose how you're going to learn. So maybe you learn by opting out early, or maybe you learn by fucking going through and being like, okay, I've message received, got it, not mm-hmm. working. Yep. So true. I always think about that. How do I want to learn today? Do I want to learn by the hard route? Do I want to learn by the easy route? Probably the hard route. Probably the hard. <laughs> knowing me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to grind my way through. Yay. I'm really happy right now. <laughs> I was telling Steph a story earlier. She's like, it's funny that you're telling me this story through gritted teeth. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah aren't I? Yeah, super pumped. Super pumped. It's like, whoa, you okay there? <laughs> well, see, this is exactly what we were talking about earlier. She can call me out and see where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Which another I, question. Uh, will. Yeah, she totally will. Thank God. Because um, I need to be called out. Uh, are we dating the same people? No, we're not. We do have... Currently? Currently. <laughs> we did. We did date the same people, same person, I guess. But we've person. never dated anyone outside of that. No. We have uh, mutual attractions to certain <laughs> to certain special people in our lives. <laughs> but it's true. It's totally true. But no, we're not, we're not dating the same no, people. No, we are not. Um, we are not connected, exclusive daters for the rest of our existence. No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. And like, I think it's it just, it's a funny question to explore because it's like, okay, if I had to really explore that, would I be in an open relationship with Steph? Yeah. Because <laughs> I actually know what comes with it. Like, I know what I'm getting myself Everything's into. fine. <laughs> we can figure it out. We can totally figure it out. But yeah, we're not in a place to where we're dating the same people. No. You know, I've, I've, Steph, you've mentioned like people, guys saying, oh, I thought you only wanted yeah, an open relationship. I was, I was at a party one night. One of my good friends was, we were just kind of shooting the shit. And he's like, so like, how are you going to find your next open relationship? And I was like, what? And just like my whole head turned. I was like, huh? And he was really under the impression that like, this is the only type of acceptable relationship for me. And I was so like baffled. I was like, no, silly. <laughs> like, it just depends on that specific partner at the time. Like, anything should be possible, I think, in your life and in your love interests and in your relationship prospects. And, you know, some people open is going to be better suited, whereas monogamy is going to be absolute for some people. And you just fucking go with the flow. And yeah. You just try and be as tethered free as possible and just really do what's best for that moment in that time with that person. Mm-hmm. I feel that too. Same. I think, I think now that, you know, I'm dating, it's people are thinking like, oh, wow. So I'm going to have to do that? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not that you have to do that by, by any means. I couldn't agree more with what you said. It's just whatever feels right for me in that instance yeah, and, and with that person. It's also not a preference. No, it's not a preference. No. 
I'm so glad that I went through open relationship because I guarantee when I get into oh, a monogamous God. relationship, I'm going to be such a better girlfriend. Any blip there is going to be like, oh, that's cute. That's okay, honey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry to all my ex-boyfriends. I actually apologized <laughs> to a couple of them that I'm still friends with. I'm like, sorry for um, the way that I acted <laughs> back in the day. Um Please. Sorry, I was a psychotic bitch. Sorry, I cheated <laughs> on you multiple times. And then I actually blamed you. <laughs> and I promise. You know, back I won't to do that, that accountability part. Accountability, you know? I didn't have it. But now I do. Now I'm taking accountability and I love most of most of my exes <laughs> very much. And we're friends. And no, we do not hook up for everyone who's already thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like this has been. I mean, we covered a lot of ground <laughs> we really in did. this relation in this relationship. Oh, our podcast relationship date. It's our first our first podcast date. Well, our first one to go public. Our first one to go public. We have secret shows. We do have secret We do have secret shows with um four of our other girlfriends. <laughs> Is that right? Three? Lives Liv, Sarah and Caitlin. Five total. Five total. So three of our other girlfriends. And it just kind of dives into our life and who we are and how we think. And you can see that, yes, some of us are very similar and some of us are very different. I think me and Steph are similar, but also extremely different. Oh, yeah. But Um, also the most the same. Yeah. (laughs) It's very weird. It's it's an odd combination. We'll show up in the same outfit places and we're like, yeah, you know, par for the course. That makes sense. We like the same shit. Here we are. Really? Same (laughs) Mm. men. Yum. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. If you did check out Stephanie McBride on Instagram, what is your handle? It's Stephanie, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-L-M, Lee McBride. She's amazing. She's a great graphic designer, does all kinds of good stuff. And she's the woman who taught me the most, some of the most important and deep lessons within my entire life. So thank you for being on this crazy and wild (laughs) journey with me. And I look forward to seeing where, you know, we go from this. And I feel like I'm so pumped that you came on and really like shared your experience and the advice that you have. Last minute I asked her yesterday, y'all, y'all, I said, Steph, you want to come on the podcast with me tomorrow? And I've been in a podcast ever since, literally for 24 hours. I'm like, okay, just having podcast conversations in my mind. Just going through every possible scenario. So, well, I think you did a really beautiful job. I hope so. You were vulnerable. You were open. You called me out. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Like this is this is the you you guys get a peek into our relationship, and I yeah. hope that it was valuable and fun in all of the ways for you guys. So yeah. check her out if you guys enjoyed the podcast. Go on iTunes, rate it, let us know. It helps us out more than I can even describe to you. Much love, everybody. Love you.